I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode of 12 Pack Radio is made possible by Nextiva, the official communications partner of the Pac-12. And the best business phone service is chosen by U.S. News and World Report. Nextiva helps companies all over Pac-12 countries stay connected with customers and coworkers using one easy-to-use app. Get Nextiva for your business phone service, video conferencing, team chat, call reporting, and more, all for the fraction what you would pay for those services separately. Make great calls every day. Visit Nextiva.com slash 12-pack to get started. Nextiva.com slash 12-pack to get started. For 12-Pack Radio, get excited, y'all. Welcome back, everyone, to 12-Pack Radio, your podcast source for Pac-12 football news, the home of the Bader and College Football Statistical Model. This is a sharp college football podcast. Thank you for joining us. Bowl season is over, and I am joined, well, almost over. We, we have one awesome game and one, mm, I don't know about it, game, like on you know January 28th. Game that, game that may happen. I I mean, like LSU's got like 39 guys available, none of whom are quarterbacks. One of them might be Ed Orgeron on the defensive line. <laughs> it's going to be a disaster. <laughs> I'm joined as always by Rob Barron from Sharp College Football. And Rob, how are you, sir? I'm great. Yeah, I mean, beta rank is uh, at roughly, I mean, just short of 50% on bowl season, which is almost a miracle considering how wacky bowl season has been. Um, and it's gone, what, it went one of one in the first two playoff games. And so it's got a chance to go two out of three, which I feel like is, you know, all you can really ask. That's pretty exciting. And uh, for people that have been following the bowl pool, thank you for joining. We had about 30 entries. I want to give a shout out real fast to the people that joined and are winning. Be will 24 and 11. Dude, I, so Rob, I am so proud. Well, I'm, I'm looking, maybe I was proud for a long time. Um, you know, more than half of the entries are beating the Vegas spread, right? Like we, we don't, we don't do just straight up picks here at 12 pack radio. You got a ball right. up, you got to go against the spread and throughout bowl season with some weird stuff happening, just a host of people that are, that are 500, 500 or better against the spread. Uh, congratulations, uh, uh, premature congratulations. We have two more games that a total of three points coming up here. B wills in first place, 24 and 11 against the spread Pasadena bound 23 and 12 followed by our friend, uh, Ryan for our, our wazoo friend who has, uh, has some real fun, uh, kook parties man that i've been to very very fun 22 and 13 came out hot and has been treading water but starting to claw his way back rob i went on a heater i was like 10 and 1 against the spread in the last week and a half and then utah and old miss just punched me right in the face both of those games worth two points and fell back to earth i am in 10 uh, 12th place oh gross Oh, gross. I'm still still five games above 500. That's how good the bowl pool has been. Have you been enjoying this, this season of uh, 
it doesn't feel like postseason because so many opt outs are in the game. But you know, they're they're still fun. They're on in the background during Christmas and New Year's and stuff. I don't know. Have Have you been enjoying bowl season? I was a blast. I was a little irritated that Kyle Whittingham <clears throat> didn't just let Ohio State score because he was pretty. I felt like he was shaving points. <laughs> 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 putting a putting a running back on like a five-star wide receiver probably I, mean, I don't think they had the options for that i mean i think they were really down <laughs> but but uh, but i mean to be uh yeah and then and then of course the matt corral injury just like oh that was dev- i mean that was devastating to to see great um, story for dave aranda though i mean yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> and he's staying. I mean, like, right? That that's the that's the coach I was hoping Oregon or Washington would scoop up. And it looks like, uh, you know, if you read some of the stories about him, he, he was he broke, fired at Hawaii. They had to down his three kids. They were downgrading apartments from like a like a two bedroom to a one bedroom apartment in Hawaii. And of all people, we've been crapping on Gary Anderson for the last five years. But if he left one mark, it was hiring Dave Aranda as his defensive coordinator. And my goodness, did that pay off for for him? So it was really cool to see him and and not angry when he gets the the Gatorade dumped on him, unlike uh, Mike Gundy in the Fiesta yeah. Bowl or whatever that was. <laughs> he was, the best was he wasn't happy about it. And then they did it again. They dumped two buckets of Gatorade on him. They're like, you know what? Screw you. We're out of here. You're getting another one. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, bowl season has been pretty fun. I mean, for the most part, pretty fun. There's definitely been some stinkers um, out there with some games. I mean, this is, t- I mean, bowl season on its own, I think with earlier transfers taking place with guys wanting to get a head start on finding where they're going to be next. Um, and, and I mean, there are not that many, I mean, people, I feel like act like there's some epidemic of opt outs. Like there's not that many opt outs. No, um, no. It, it wanted- I mean, it's mostly been like transfers affecting depth on teams and then COVID, you know, I mean, guys testing positive for COVID. I mean, it's just, it's been, it's been pretty hectic out there beyond the games that have just been canceled. I mean, like this LSU game that we're coming up on is a good example, or I mean, Ohio state and Utah both had serious COVID issues um, with players being out uh, that Oregon, Oklahoma game, <laughs> like lots of crazy games out there. Yeah. We have all these basketball games being canceled. I thought, Bud Elliott made a good point. He basically said, yeah, we have had a lot of opt outs, but this has basically been happening in the past. And at least it's official now, right? Like teams would show up and they're 15 point favorites. And then at the end, you're like, yeah, we didn't really show up to practice. Like people really didn't care. We just weren't, their hearts weren't in it. At least the people that actually want to play the game are actually on the field, <laughs> you know, so you don't have yeah. the, the first string corner that's like, yeah, whatever, this guy can blow my bay. I don't care. So I, I, you know, it is what it is. And uh, I, I've enjoyed it nonetheless. I, the one bummer though is the, the Rose Bowl did feel, and we should just get into the bowl games here. The Rose Bowl to me, I watched the first half and it was so, it was fun. Um, and I was so bummed about it because I, I was up visiting a friend of mine, Ryan, uh, Ryan and Boomer in uh, up in Bainbridge Island, and I had to drive home. And I was watching the game going like, this game is so fun, and I'm really bummed that I have to leave because it's going to get weird. <laughs> it already was weird with Bernard, you know, like they're running back. I, I, I thought, like in the back of my, my mind, I thought um, I had this vision of uh, basically all the players drawing lots of who has to cover in the, as cornerback. <laughs> he's like, Oh no, you know, like it was, I mean, cause like, I, I think, right. If they have a corner, they probably win that game. Is that fair? 
Uh, I mean, yeah, they certainly had some luck, right? I mean, they got the turnover. Um, you know, they, uh, you know, Ohio state turned the ball over twice. Um, they also had, you know, the, the Britain Covey, you know, return for a touchdown. I mean, I don't know what Ohio state was thinking, kicking to him. Yeah. Um, you know, but yeah, I mean, they, if they would have had a, I mean, I don't, it, so, I mean, that's easy to say like, oh, if they would have had a corner, I mean, Jackson Smith and Jigba is, has been, I mean, and he's not opting out of course, cause he's not draft eligible. He was the best receiver that Ohio state had all year. Um, I mean, I live in Columbus. I mean, he, he was far and away. I wouldn't want to say far and away, but he was the, you know, he was the better of the guys that they had. Um, so, I mean, the, the, I think that the, the thing that they did that was worked really well too, was they were able to move him around to be able to try to find him favorable matchups. But I mean, that Ohio state receiving core, I mean, is the best in the country. <laughs> and, I mean, I, don't, I mean, I, that's what I like. If they have a corner, they they probably do win the game. But I mean, it's not as if like they were just hitting easy throw after easy throw. They also had time. I mean, Utah was not getting great pressure. Um, you know, when they were only rushing four, and even when they were going with the green dog, Ohio State was usually picking up that blitzing backer. Yeah, it was a fascinating matchup. I'm glad that Utah hung with. Uh, Ohio State. The first half, frankly, it didn't look like Ohio State really wanted to be there, but then the competitive juices kind of came in and you saw some adjustments uh, at halftime. And um, I, I yeah. loved Cam Rising. I thought, again, I only watched the first half. So um, I really enjoyed watching him. Um, ended up having a really good day, three touchdowns total, two in the air, one on the ground. But like, I mean, I, if you're a Utes fan looking at this game and projecting into the next year, I mean, he's just been, I mean, we, we've highlighted it, but it's important to keep mentioning, like, he's excellent. He's a really good yeah. quarterback. Yeah. And in an offense now, and one of the things that was interesting to me is they were actually throwing to the outside a little bit in the first half. I'm like, hooray, like a wide receiver, yeah. yay. Uh, but they still were taking advantage of the the tight ends. Uh, I saw Keithy went down, um, which was yeah. a bummer. So I, I don't think he is going pro. So, you know, hopefully that he, did you read anything about him? Going? I think he is. I think he chose to play in the bowl game, but I think he's going pro. Okay. Um, I don't think, uh, I mean, rising was injured, but he'll be back. Um, he texted out today. I mean, tweeted out today that he was feeling better resting with family. I mean, it was, a, it was a pretty rough hit, um, when he went down. Um, <clears throat> but he had, he had a phenomenal, I mean, it's really amazing when you think about it too, for this Utah team, because if, if rising starts out the season and I was, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not just saying this to burn you. I was full on <laughs> yeah. questioning the Charlie Brewer decision by Utah. I said, I have seen this show before in the big 12. And, uh, I took some heat from some Utah fans for saying that Brewer wasn't that good, uh, prior, but like, I mean, if, if rising had started the season at quarterback, I mean, he really, like, it, it, I, I really do think it is too. Like you have to have a really good quarterback, but you also have to have a quarterback that really fits your system. He really fits what Ludwig does really well. It makes good decisions with the ball. Um, you know, I, I mean, Utah is potentially a playoff team. If yeah. he starts, I yeah. mean, I think they roll San Diego state and BYU if he starts. Um, 
and they probably beat Oregon state. I mean, like, I think that's how much better they were with him in. I mean, maybe they don't beat Oregon state. He was certainly starting at that point. I don't know. You're going to, you're going to drop one apparently, but it's a bummer. I mean, it's a real bummer for them um, that he didn't start out the season. That said, he's definitely going to be your starting QB coming into next year. They, if they keep Ludwig Scaly and Whittingham together, plus rising, you know, certainly they're going to end up losing, um, you know, uh, you know, they're some of their top linebackers, you know, the, you know, Devin Lloyd is off to the NFL, you know, they might lose some other folks to the NFL, but you really like the, I mean, I, I say that like, we're always like, how are they going to replace this person at linebacker? And they always do. Yeah. Yeah. So I, <laughs> like, I guess I just, I kind of look at it and I just feel like, you know, Utah is, you, you have, I think you have to talk about this Utah squad as the prohibitive favorite in the Pac-12. I mean, unless Caleb Williams transfers to USC, <laughs> um, you know, but Utah has to be the prohibitive favorite in the Pac-12, and they're a team you have to talk about as a potential playoff team for next year. Like, that's how good this team is with rising at QB. It's amazing, and I know that a lot of, there's been a little bit of smoke out there about Whittingham wanting to hang him up, but if yeah. if I'm him and I'm looking at this team like I can't you know, can't stop won't stop right like you are oh, you're so close you gotta to come back for this <laughs> ride man. <laughs> like. uh, no, I, I would really really like to see. I mean, and I think you're right. I think they're going to be the prohibitive favorite in the conference. Uh, even if even if um, Williams goes to USC, that defense is uh, a disaster. Oh, yeah. And yeah. we have seen like I like Alex Grinch. He has improved Oklahoma's defense. He has not transformed Oklahoma's defense. I think that's like a two or three, maybe a two year project. Um, Cause yeah. they'll, they'll get oh, the I, players. I agree. Um, and I, well, I mean, we talked about that. I mean, I, I think, I mean, <clears throat> USC has better talent than Todd Orlando showed last year for sure. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and so I, lo- I mean, I like, uh, you know, Grinch to put together, you know, like a th- top three, 40 top 30 defense. That's not a great defense though. But what the difference might be is if, if they get Caleb Williams could Riley put together a top five offense and that he might be able to, I mean, if that's the case, but I mean, still Utah's your favorite. I mean, even if USC got Caleb Williams, Utah is still your favorite coming in. Yeah. Are you worried at all that, and I'm, I'm not really that Utah gave up almost 600 yards through the air like cj to ohio Stroud. state no. no this is i mean this is ohio state offense i mean we um we got to see him in person against the ducks yeah. um and stroud is pretty good he got better i mean even better over the year um and and this is i mean day uh you know, Dave, like, I mean, Dave really has a really, I mean, are the, you, even with the opt outs, I mean, God, imagine if like Olave hadn't, I mean, those guys hadn't opted out. Like, yeah. Good Lord. Um, but you know, like this, the, 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 they still had, I mean, you get to bring in Marvin and Marvin Harrison jr. You know, like, and that dude is smooth. That guy is going to be great next year. Um, this Ohio state offense is excellent. They're going to be excellent next season. Um, you know, and, and I think the other, I mean, you know, PAC 12, I mean, Jim, Ohio state's hired Jim Knowles, uh, the Oklahoma state defensive coordinator to come in. Um, I mean, the Buckeyes are another team that you're, we're going to be probably talking about next year for a playoff. Oh, absolutely. Uh, like, you know, like they're, 
So, well, I think it's fascinating because I forget what wide receiver it is, but one of the wide receivers transferred from Oklahoma State went to Alabama and was in the running for like the best wide receiver in the country. <laughs> like that's how deep yeah. that team yeah. is. Uh, so no, Brian Hartle, I mean, I thought it was shocking. Like, I can't remember if it was like some Washington fan had put together sort of their, their like their dream staff or something like that, that they thought Washington could go get and they put Brian Hartline on it. And I was like, dude, like he is an Ohio state alum getting and the Ohio state will pay him whatever he wants <laughs> to stay. Like that dude recruits wide receivers and coaches them up. So we'll get into the other games here. We have the Alamo Bowl, we have the Vegas Bowl, and um, and and just the disaster that was Washington State. The Sun Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I always forget. We'll get to the Sun Bowl, but never bet on the Sun Bowl. And I, I was I when I found out that Wazoo was playing Central Michigan, I immediately bet on Washington State because Central Michigan's secondary isn't very good. I thought Jaden Delora was going to and I'm driving like up to Seattle basically and then I realized like oh no, I just bet on the Sun Bowl <laughs> like you know cuz I'm doing it remotely <laughs> and I'm just looking at the teams. Oh, I'm so pissed with myself. Like how dare you, Brian? You bet on the Sun Bowl. Never there's bet on a, There's a hex in, in yeah. El Paso. Oh my! What a disaster! What anyway? Um, we'll we'll get to those games. But one of the questions I had was: I had seen a couple people say that the Pac-12 has a lot after watching the college football playoff. That the Pac-12 has a lot um, of ground to make up to get to the playoff. I actually didn't have that take. I, I yeah, it's gonna take it's gonna take some time. But I actually think we're a little closer. I mean, just the way that Michigan. Just got its head. Now, is the Pac-12 close to winning the national title? No. But I do think that the Pac-12 has uh, the ability to get a team to the playoff either next year or the year after. Um, I do think that it is it is a significant gap between that and actually winning the playoff. But Yeah, I think there's a gap. I mean, there's a gap on winning a playoff game for sure. Yeah. Right, but like getting a like getting to the playoff, like Beta Rank had Ohio had Utah rated ahead of Cincinnati, and right behind Michigan. You know, um, you know this is a Utah this season. What they put together down together down the stretch was really really good, um, and absolutely, if Rising starts the season, they're a playoff team. So who yeah. what who were the top five I might be putting you on the spot here but who are the top five finishing teams in beta rank I know we have two more games of data to put into the system but I'm it's I'm sure it's pretty close like right I'm pretty sure Alabama and Georgia are going to be in the top four like at the end of the year um I misspoke a little bit but Utah finished ahead of Cincinnati sorry so they moved a little bit since I last since I I re-ran it with the most recent games in but uh Georgia's at number one Bama's at number two um then there's like there's a gap between Georgia and Bama of about seven points. There's a gap between Bama and Ohio State of about seven points. Then there's Michigan, uh, probably about eh, maybe three points behind Ohio State, maybe less. Oklahoma State, Notre Dame, and then Utah. Okay. Um, I mean in Utah, I mean, and then there's Cincinnati. I mean Utah's not that far behind Michigan. Um, and it, I mean easily, I mean Utah could have gone in and put on. You know, I mean, and I think Utah would have probably put on a little bit of a better performance against Alabama than Cincinnati did. I think Ludwig's a better play caller than Denbrock, um, you know, but I just, yeah, I just, I mean, this Utah team's not that far off. Right. I mean, and we certainly saw some real, I mean, like Clark Phillips is a dude. 
Like that guy is going to be the best corner in the Pac-12 next season, um, for sure. Uh, you know, they got some. I mean, Utah's got some real talent. You know, I mean, I think they really need to work on the. I think they need to work on the defensive line and the pass rush again. I just, I don't think they have the kind of players they had two or three years ago there. Um, but I, yeah, I'm with you. Like, I, I mean, the Pac-12 is not like. I, where the Pac-12 really runs into trouble and the ACC really runs into trouble and the Pac-12 finished fourth in the conference rankings this year in beta rank. And then the American finished ahead of the ACC. Oh, no. <laughs> but where the real trouble for the Pac-12 is, is that it has six teams, a full half of its teams are below 65 in beta rank. Yeah. Um, and then the ACC has seven teams that are below 65 in beta rank. Um, and really like a bad power five team should be right around 65 ish, yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and that's where like, I mean, the, the, <clears throat> there's, there's some cleanup to do at the bottom. You know, the SEC only has two teams that are below 65. Um, the big 12 only had two teams that were below 65. The big 10 had four. Um, so the, you know, the Pac-12 has to make real progress there, but they also have to close the gap. <laughs> between Utah and the other teams, right? Like there's a pretty significant gap between Utah and UCLA. Um, you know, and, and, and look, I mean, like Washington's likely not going to be as bad as they were, you know, Oregon, certainly, you know, I don't, I mean, I'm interested to see with the new staff, right. But like Oregon, you know, has a ton of talent. They should be better than they were this year. Um, so what do we end up? I mean, like, I just, I, I think that there's like, that's like the PAC 12 needs to have a few more top 25 teams as well. In addition to the Utes, um, you know, in order to really close the gap and, and real, I mean, like the, the, what's nice about this year, as opposed to other years where you're like, man, like we really need to do something. And, you know, Clay Helton is still, the, I mean, like, Lincoln Riley's there, right? Like there's, they've already made the big change, you know? And, and so you do feel like there's, there's real opportunity for teams to start to close some of that gap. Now there's teams that I like, I really worry about if they're ever like Stanford feels like a lost cause. Yeah. I'm not, sh I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, like, uh, I mean, Colorado? May yeah, Colorado, Colorado feels like a lost cause. Um, and that's a bummer, right? Like, cause I mean, cause I know that there are a lot of really like dyed in the wool buffs fans and it's a bummer to feel like this staff, there's just not a lot of hope. And I feel for you. Cause like, I mean, I sat through Kevin Sumlin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've been there, done that. Um, and, and it seems like some of the other teams like UCLA, I mean, it seems like UCLA does not want to get to the 10 win ceiling, right? They, they are fine winning eight or nine games. And if they hit 10, then hooray. Like the, the fact that Jerry Azenaro there is still there is just a complete disgrace. Arizona picked off their best recruiters. Arizona picked off their best I mean, recruiters. You got, in, you got an in-conference foe rating you for your best recruiters. You have, I mean, like you said, they just lost Dylan Gabriel to transfer to Oklahoma. He was supposed to enroll in classes at UCLA today. Oh, he went to Oklahoma? Yeah. Oh, so no. Like, That's like, awful. The, like the Caleb Williams news <laughs> drops, and apparently they had Dylan Gabriel on speed dial, and they're like, do not go to class today, young man. <laughs> and, <laughs> lo and behold, he's going to go to Oklahoma. Um, and he should be a good fit for Jeff Levy's offense there. Um, that's devastating. 
right? Like, I mean, like, I mean, they're, they're not. They're, I mean, and UCLA hasn't recruited well. They still have. Uh, I mean, and like, and and Kelly is on the last year of his contract, and they're like at an impasse with the administration. But we talk. I mean, the the rumor I've heard, and people are welcome to correct, like, find me on Twitter and correct me on this if I'm wrong is that UCLA's main campus limits the athletic department's ability to fundraise so they don't compete with main campus fundraising. Huh. And like UCLA, it feels like fights with one arm behind, tied behind their back financially as an athletic department. I mean, they took Chip Kelly on a real sweetheart deal contract because the NFL's still paying a bunch of Kelly's salary. And he figured he could sort of maybe keep a low profile at UCLA versus Florida or something like that. But I mean, they got him on a deal and they don't, I mean, it just, it feels like they're not really that committed to winning because you got to be looking at Kelly and saying, look, if Azanaro's still here, you can't coach here anymore. (laughs) And if you don't make some sort of commitment to recruiting, right. Um, because I mean, UCLA's recruiting is embarrassing. Uh, you know, I mean, and that's I mean, the, I mean, I'll grant you, like, and you know, it is true that with the COVID year, there's just not that many roster spots out there on a lot of teams. And it's be- uh, it's better this year, but it's not. I mean, it's not where it should be. I mean, six four stars at UCLA. I mean, sure, that's okay. But I mean, they're nationally, they're at number forty five in the recruiting rankings. They just lost Dylan Gabriel. It's one of the best schools in the country academically. Right. They have a beautiful campus. It's in the actual good part of Los Angeles, not the crap part of Los Angeles like USC. Right. <laughs> like, there's just a lot going for it. But um, I mean, he's done pretty well. I mean, they've got Jake Bobo coming in from Duke. Um, you know, they've got, they've got some other transfers coming in. But it is, I mean, it just it feels it's worrisome, right? To see, I mean, to, to see that you feel like UCLA doesn't really have a strong commitment to winning. Um, I mean, Oregon state didn't go out. They brought some, they didn't go out and get an external defensive coordinator. Yeah. That was promoted internally. ASU sticking Um, with Herm. Like, I mean, they're that middle and lower. I mean, we're going to get into the Arizona postmortem. I mean, like one and 11, right. But a one in 11 that's at least trying stuff, you know, like it just seems, right. you know, just try, you know, we just want you to try. That's, it's kind of like my kids, you know, like it, it, try to get up the, the, the climbing wall. And if you don't make it, that's okay. Like, you know, you you tried your best. Like that's all well, I, I mean, want. It, it was crazy. I was reading Doug Haler, you know, who's moved to the athletic. He's covered the sun devils for a really long time um, in the Valley uh, and a real good beat reporter he was, did his like 10 predictions, you know, for ASU. And he said like the, the, the best wide receiver probably isn't on the team yet. You know, they're going to have to go find him in the transfer portal. And I'm thinking like, you guys signed all those wide receivers. What are you guys been doing? Yeah. (laughs) Like, Like the best part of those recruiting classes that they've had, the crown jewel, if you will, were those wide receivers that they signed. And, they didn't develop them. I mean, just, um, uh, well, Bob, yeah, like, I mean, I love Bobby yeah. Wade. Like I went to school when Bobby Wade was like the boss at wide receiver at Arizona and just on those terrible Makovich teams. Like I hope, I hope Bobby Wade the best, but he is a gratis of like a, uh, 
he's he wasn't even like full time staff basically. Like he was yeah. he's breaking his way into the coaching profession and he's coaching their four star wide receivers. Like Well, uh, I mean in Prentice Gill, the guy that they got who has I, I don't know if he's been fired yet, but he was suspended. Um and was one of the names that got him into trouble with recruiting. I mean, he was he was known as a like, I mean, they brought him in for his recruiting. He was a real young guy, not a lot of experience. Um, you know, they got him off of Oregon staff and, you know, it, it paid out in recruiting, but it's not paying out on the field. And that's, I mean, like, but Arizona state, what are you going to do? I mean, they, they seem to be sticking with Herm, not making a change, you know, and they said they weren't going to take, and they may not again, like because of the COVID year and everything, they may not have that many roster spots, but they said they were going to focus on the portal. They really haven't been knocking it out in the portal. <laughs> yeah. Know? Um, and that's, it's just kind of, I mean, you kind of look at it. I mean, like, you know, Washington's going to go have to go out and be really aggressive and, and transfers or whatnot too. Um, because I do feel like I guess I'm concerned with some of the even with the COVID year, you know, and the numbers where they may be. Like, how many real, um, you know, Pac-12 level, you know, like all Pac-12 level, say players, you know, is Washington going to be able to field next season? Um, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I mean, where you look at like, I mean, like ZT, you know, ZTF may go in the, go into the portal. Like, I mean, I don't think he's announced his name in there, but he, he said it was, you know, his future was kind of up in the air. Yeah. The one, the one thing that gives me hope for the conference is the top teams are trying, right? Like, oh yeah, Oregon, Oregon loses their coach at the last minute. They do the best they can to get somebody that, that has upside, right? I think Kalen DeBoer. Oh, he's put together, a, I, I want to say like. Lanning has absolutely put together a staff. She's great. I mean, you got Tosh, Tosh Lapoy and you know, like they're going to go and they're going to go out and get guys. <laughs> he's going to do something. You might not right. want to know what he's doing, but he's going to do it. You know, I'm shocked. Like who, why hasn't anybody picked up Joe Salavea off Oregon staff as the defensive line coach? Like the guy can recruit. He's a pretty good line coach. Like I'm just shocked. Huh. He hasn't been picked up. Yeah. You know, Washington's trying USC's trying. So I mean, yeah. Utah, Utah has its staff in place. So like the top four teams, I think I'm, yeah. I'm pretty bullish about them. It'll be interesting to see if, um, if there's, you know, that bottom tier is any, any way that they can climb out, but almost all the other programs outside of Arizona that it just seems that they're kind of okay where they are. Cal, right. Bill Musgrave's still the offensive coordinator as far, as far as I can. And Garver's trade. I mean, they're like, they're off they're better offensive players are leaving. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Garbers is off to the NFL. Um, yeah, Christopher know, Brown. Let, yeah, he's gone. Yeah, uh, their best lineman transferred out. I mean, we'll uh, cover the teams. Like, we'll we'll continue to cover them on the. T- <laughs> it might not be fun. I mean, I, and I think Washington. I think Washington State's a team to watch. Oh I think yeah, Dickert's done a good yeah. job. I think them going. I thought he got a good. You know, he's got a potentially good offensive play caller coming in, going back to the air raid. Um, I think he does a good job defensively. Like Washington State could be a real fun team. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one that I missed there. You know, it seems like they're trying. Arizona's trying. Um, and, and look like Arizona might try and completely fail. We'll get into that here. Cause, um, you know, we're, we, don't worry. We have been beaten down. So we, we are not sunshine and rainbows when it comes to the Arizona football program. They won one game this year. Um, well let's get to some of these other bowl games here, Rob. We have the Alamo bowl. We have the sun bowl. We have the Las Vegas bowl and let's do it right after this. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. 
This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, we're back. The Alamo Bowl. Uh, I, I, every year, Rob, the Alamo <laughs> Bowl on paper. Oh, this is interesting, right? You know, we got Utah versus Texas. We got Colorado versus Texas. We got I'm Oregon. Like the Alamo Bowl for the Pac-12 is just like the worst. Oh, it's just the worst. It's terrible. And and this was such a weird spot. And I I do my very best not to gamble on bowls. I only I only bet on like three bowl games this year, which was which was a good idea because I only went like one and two um, <laughs> during the regular season. I did pretty well. Um, but this one, you had Stoops. There were opt outs on both teams. But it just seemed like Oklahoma, you know, maybe it was a, an FU to the coach. Um, Stoops comes in. They they have, you know, Caleb Williams. And it just kind of seemed interesting. It seemed like there was some momentum there. And it just wasn't the same on Oregon's side. And to Oregon's credit, right, they came back and, and really tried to make a game of this. But, oh, yeah. my gosh, watching that first half, I just wanted to stab my eye with a spork, like, over and over again. It was really brutal. And Oregon, like... Uh, you know, when we go to, you know, can you take anything away from bowl games? Th- this game was kind of difficult. We get, there were so many, uh, not only opt outs, but injuries on the team. Um, yep. Anthony Brown did show up in the second half, but hey, the one takeaway for me is like, man, I hope they have another quarterback. Um, I kind of joked yeah. that like, I would very much like to see how, um, how any of Oregon's backup quarterbacks would have done at Fresno state this year, because they have like five blue chip players that didn't play. And I'm like, I wonder yeah. if Caleb DeBoer could have done something with them. So I, I, I just find it fascinating that they stuck with him the whole time. Um, you know, it's the yeah. bowl game. He's a senior and all that stuff, but you know, the, the three or four weeks coming in, I'm just, I'm shocked they didn't try to make a change. You have, you, it wasn't just Ty Thompson, right? You had Jay Butterfield. You had another four-star guy that was contemplating playing baseball. So I understand. I think it was Ash, Ash something. Um, but the fact that those two guys just didn't have it makes me kind of worried about the future, although they do have Bo Nix now. So I guess my only takeaway was like, well, they <laughs> I mean, tried yeah, it. Yeah, they got Bo Nix. Yeah, yeah, I t- <laughs> <laughs> they had the Bo Nix experience. Oh, Lord Almighty. What did you think? I mean, like, th- this was this was a rough watch the first half. The second half was interesting. But do you have any takeaways from it? No, I mean, I, I, mean, I think it's hard to have takeaways from this. I mean, you know, Oregon was really thin on defense. Oklahoma was also pretty thin on defense the game played out very much like that. Um, I was impressed that Oregon and Anthony Brown found a way to come back, but real ugly game. Um, for, I mean, and, and Oregon, I mean, Moorhead tried to step in and, and, you know, stay, you know, stay through, even though he's going to get the head coaching job at Akron, you know, and some guys tried to stay on, you know, like DeRoyter did as well, even though he's going to be off to, um, Texas tech to be the defensive coordinator. Um, you know, I just, I, I don't think it was a, I don't think that there's much to, to take away than other than, and, and we talked about this for a while. I mean, like, look, I think Mario Cristobal, excellent recruiter, excellent recruiter. But I also think that like, if there's, you know, in, in this game and, and, you know, Oregon over the last couple of seasons, they're just, they're, they're less than the sum of their parts. Right. Like, I mean, Justin Herbert goes off to the NFL and lights it up. He didn't look like that in college. 
and, and, you know, the defense for Oregon, you know, didn't really put it together this season. Um, you know, the offense really kind of eventually did enough down the stretch, but you, we certainly saw that they had their limitations. Um, you know, and if you could force them to have to rely on Brown to throw the football, you know, they could end up in trouble. Um, and that's where, I mean, I just, I mean, I'm, I'm interested to see what landing's able to do because I think the roster's still there. I don't think they've been hit that bad by transfers yet. Um, and I think they will be active in the transfer portal themselves, yeah. uh, continue to be. And, um, I, I do think, I mean, I like Dillingham as a play caller. I like, I mean, landing you know, and then the guy from Baylor whose name now eludes me, but I mean, I think that they're going to be a really interesting team. The question is, can they, can they get past? I mean, cause like, I mean, they had that year where they were grading out as the best offensive line in college football and they had Justin Herbert and their offense kind of sucked. Like it just feels like, I mean, you have all of these great, amazing parts, right? Like, and yet, and yet, right. And I'd like, uh, I mean, they weren't like USC level, like less than the sum of their parts, but they certainly under, under, you know, underperformed a little bit. I'm excited to see, cause I, I, like you mentioned, like, you know, Ty Thompson's probably sticking around to compete with Bo Nix, you know, like he's seen Bo Nix's tape. Like he's, he's probably <laughs> comfortable doing that. Um, you know, and we haven't seen Butterfield. They did have a quarterback announce he was transferring today, but it wasn't Butterfield. I mean, they're still going to have a ton of talent to compete there. You know, the offensive line talents there, um, certainly the talent on defense you still really like. So um, they just, they, they got to start getting it done more on the field. Yeah, Travis Dye, you know, want to give him credit. He had a heck of a game, 153 yards and a touchdown. It will be interesting to see how they operate without Kayvon Thibodeau. Right, because he yep. was just able to draw so much attention, and I think sometimes on the defensive line, without that key player, it it kind of becomes a mess. We saw that with UCLA to some extent this year, where you know the last couple of years the run defense was pretty good because Odigazua was there, and then right, yeah. uh, and they, they 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 to their credit were better than I had anticipated, but they did kind of fall off a cliff at the end of the year. Um, so I'm curious to see what happens with uh, with Oregon. Plus, you have USC getting first pick of the litter in Los Angeles now. Like I do think it, it, it does matter that yes. Yeah. Will Oregon be able to recruit in, in Southern California? Yes. Are they going to get their first pick? Probably not. And that matters sometimes. Like, right. That's the difference right. between Kayvon Thibodeau and, you know, uh, the player that isn't him. That's also a four star or like happens if you be a four star. I, I just think that that is going to, they're going to take it on the chin a little bit that way, but having landing there and, and the recruiting chops, Oregon has recruited nationally, and I do think that that's right. that's interesting to me. So, um, yeah, I, I didn't have a, a ton of takeaways outside of like I'm ready to move on and um, and kind of excited to see what happens next year. The other games that we had, Rob, uh, Arizona State 13, Wisconsin 20. Uh, I I hated this game so very much because I bet on Wisconsin, and so Wisconsin was ahead. Wisconsin, I did take the first half team total, which was good, so I ended up breaking even on this game, but. Um, I'm like, oh, snap, 20 to six. Let's go. Zero points, zero points in the second half by Wisconsin. Arizona State with only one touchdown the entire game. I actually have more takeaway in this game than I do in others. And it's not necessarily because ASU hung with Wisconsin. It was more because ASU cannot score points. And I know, I know Wisconsin's Wisconsin's defense. Got a really good defense. They do. Yeah. But that's just kind of carried over. I mean, it's it's a trend, right? Like ASU has just had trouble scoring points, particularly through the air. Now they were short, like three running backs in this game. So I get it. I get it. But, um, 
I, I guess more I'm putting this on Daniels where it's like, I mean, it, it is what it is, right? You see this game and you're like, well, good luck next year <laughs> you know, because right. you're going to need to throw the freaking ball to win games. Yeah. I just, I, I'm not sure. Um, yeah. I mean, I, and we talked about, I mean, we've talked about this for years. We took some heat on it, you know, in, in Daniel's freshman year because we said his accuracy wasn't great <laughs> and it's not his downfield accuracy is not great. He was, he stunk in this game, you know, 11 to 21, but he had no help from the, I mean, Wisconsin didn't really worry about him too much. They were able to defend him really well, uh, you know, and also shut down the run, you know, I mean, <clears throat> and ASU's offensive line wasn't able to get push um, that they needed. I mean, <clears throat> you flip it around. I mean, uh, Allen, you know, the Wisconsin running back, <clears throat> who's also not their first choice back. I mean, the guy's like 17 years old. <laughs> um, he was he fun. Deep... That guy was fun though. Like yeah, I loved watching him run the football, but I mean, you realize it like if, if Wisconsin had, and God almighty, I mean, talk about sticking with the quarterback. Like what does Graham Mertz have to do to lose the starting job? <laughs> Cause he's awful. I mean, they only trusted him with 15 passes and they should have, I mean, they really should have thrown the ball a lot more in this game. Um, yeah, they, they, they stop. I mean, if, if Wisconsin is in any way offensively competent, they should have won this game by a lot more because ASU was truly doing nothing. Um, and that's, that, I mean, that's what like, I am sort of interested to see, you know, I mean, as we go into the off season, of course, like, you know, I think two ASU offensive linemen have already announced they're going into the NFL draft. Um, yeah. I mean, what is, what does ASU look like coming into next season? Um, yeah. I mean, even with the COVID year, I think that, I mean, they're going to have to be real active. I mean, and a lot more aggressive out on the transfer market. I think there are questions if Antonio Pierce is still the defensive coordinator going into next year, whether he goes to the NFL, um, yeah, because <laughs> I mean the say I mean the sanctions are still likely coming. Oh um, yeah, they're they're in trouble. And like meanwhile, yeah. Ray Anderson and Herm Edwards are like, we're best friends. We're best friends. I mean, like it's yeah. such a disconnect from the direction the program is going. It it can get. I think it's possible that it's going to get real dark next year for ASU. I mean, like, what's their ceiling? Right, seven and f- five, seven and four, like. Can they win seven games with like their current quarterback? And I understand there's going to be transfers, but there's a reason that players transfer. You know, some of them are going to be good, but like if you are betting your entire program on like just totally reinvigorating itself through the transfer portal, like I feel like that is a real heavy lift. Yeah, I'm just uh, look. I mean, they've got some good players. That's I mean. I, and I think the defense could be good again. I'm just, I, I guess what I'd be worried about if I'm ASU is when do the sanctions come down and are they able to keep players? Right. I mean, that's why I'm sort of like, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence. Like, I don't think they have a really high ceiling for next year. Um, Cause I think Daniels is limited. I think the offensive line could regress a little bit. Um, yeah. And, and, and Pierce could be gone. Uh, you know, but if where what could really punch them in the gut, I think, is the the with the new transfer rule. I mean, I don't think I don't think anybody's really been hit with sanctions since the new transfer rule's been implemented. Um, and I'm kind of interested to see what it'll be like at ASU, I guess, when they do get hit. You know, like if if guys stick around and stay, 
you know, and um, or if they 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 go look to play somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, and it was just, um, I mean, like on the bright side, Wisconsin was trying, and they have a good yeah, defense, yeah. and this was a good team, and ASU still hung with them. It's just more, I guess, you know, like I I just. I put ASU on a higher plane than I guess they should be, right? You know, you have like these expectations for them to do better, and it kind of just is Those what are it reasonable. is. Reasonable, <laughs> like ASU is in Phoenix. There are a lot of really good football players in Phoenix, right? Like they've recruited reasonably well. You know, like you know, you they returned a bunch of guys. They should be better than this. Like they finished in the sixties in Beta ranked. Like just, um, oh, I mean, that's such a bummer. I mean, just, yeah, I mean, you're eight and five, but like the Pac-12 wasn't, I mean, a lot of the Pac-12 wasn't very good. Dude, the South is going to be so weird next year, right? Like, you, I think we're writing off USC as, I mean, I think Utah's a favorite, but. I think USC, I think we should put, I mean, USC is like a top three in the South team. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like, I mean, even if they have Jackson Dart, like Jackson Dart with Lincoln Riley should be pretty good. They just got Bynum to tra- the, the transfer from Washington wide receiver in. Um, I mean, he'll field the team <laughs> on offense. That'll be pretty good. Yeah. And, and UCLA will win eight games again and be like, we're good. Like you're welcome. <laughs> then just move on to the next season. Yeah. So I think it's just fascinating to see um, whether or not, I mean, like if Oregon state's defensive coordinator and it was an internal hire, and I'm worried about that. If they move, if, if they have any improvement on defense, like they could be a team that surprises Washington state could be a team that can make, yeah. make its move. Maybe, maybe Washington gets more wins than it should in its first year under a new coaching staff, just because the lack of talent. Um, I mean, I think Washington should, I mean, they were bad this year. They were at 74 in beta rank. They should improve off that. Right. Like, I mean, oh, they yeah. should be a better football team, right? Like they have too much talent to be there. How much is it, uh, is an open question, but like they might find themselves in a dog fight with Oregon state. Right. Like, um, you know, the, you know, this next season, as opposed to being able to just go out and, and be pretty confident. If you don't turn the ball over twice, you're going to win the game. Yeah. Uh, let, let's go to the last game. Kind of leave on a high note, even though the team lost uh, Washington <laughs> state 21 central Michigan, 24 uh, in the sun bowl. Look, this was a weird game. You know, central Michigan fills in for Miami, you know, Washington state is stuck in, and I'm sure there's some good places to be stuck in El Paso, but like the team was there probably forever figuring out who their opponent is. I was just, I was bummed because this is a Mac team and the Mac was terrible in bowl season yeah. this year, like just awful. And particularly the defense, I really was bullish on Washington state because central Michigan's defense was pretty bad. Now Jaden Delore did go down, but he was not good. Uh, and like I, so I watched the game with a lot of uh, Washington State fans. I've been to a couple of their games, and I'm bullish on Delora. And it's it's so fun to watch games with different fan bases because a lot of Washington State fans are not. And I'm like, oh, did you not? Like, he's pretty good. Like, he he has enough to be able to push the offense forward. And then a game like this happens, and I'm like, oh no, yeah. you know. Like, <laughs> so right. now I see where the the doubt comes from. I don't know. What do you think about this game? I mean, it was an awful game for Washington State. I mean, offensively, if it could go wrong, it did go wrong. Um, they just didn't look in sync at all. Um, you know, I mean, they only, I mean, Michigan, you know, Central Michigan outgained them by almost 100 yards in the game. Um, and they couldn't run the ball at all. I mean, they only, you know, they ended up, I mean, that's that's what's truly embarrassing and bad about this. Um, 
you know, as they, they ended up, you know, their back ended up, uh, Watson, you know, only averaging 3.6. But I mean, all the pressure, I mean, all the pressure they gave up to central Michigan. I mean, their offensive line got rocked nine. I mean, um, you know, central Michigan had 12 tackles for a loss and five sacks. I mean, that's bonkers. <laughs> yeah. And, and they're like, you know, Abe Lucas was out. Um, and five QB hurries. I mean, like that's, I mean, that's like there, that's, uh, you know, that was, that was a bit of a worry, right? I mean, yeah. And Lucas was, I mean, Lucas was out and Max Borgi was out. Macintosh that uh, didn't play. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, and you know, props to the walk on, right. <laughs> to almost come back and win the game like that. That was cool. Um, yeah, I do think that, that, that worries me a little bit. Um, the fact that central Michigan was able to kind of push the team, but you could tell the second half rolls around and Washington state kind of woke up and I don't know. I think the the recruiting in Washington state was not great this year and it likely will never be great, but it could be good or like my, yeah. it could be moderate. Um, that wasn't the case this year, but I do think that if Delora can, can find some more consistency, I'm curious if McIntosh returns, cause he was pretty, cause remember when Bor- Borgie was out the previous year and I'm like, now McIntosh is actually way better than I had anticipated him to be. He really yeah. was able to carry the load. Um, so I- I'm curious to see if he comes back. Um, and it's really going to be on Dickard to develop the talent that they have. And that's really what they're going to rely on. But I don't know. Like I, this, this was a, this was a bummer. I really thought like, you know, how, how long does momentum carry through the off season into the next season? But I did think like finishing eight and five with a nice bowl win would have been nice. And yeah, you know, I don't know. I was kind of like a, a little bit deflating, but I am bullish on Washington state next year because I think the the coaching staff will be solid. And I think there's going to be some holes in the conference that we just covered. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I, I, I think Washington state, I think has a shot. Right. I mean, I think they have a shot with the new coaching staff coming on uh, offensively. I think they have a chance to improve. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, and I think when you combine that with what we think Dicker can put together defensively, I, I think that Washington State's actually in a good spot. That's good. That's good. Um, all right, let's go. We have some transfers. We have some transfer portal news and we have our Arizona postmortem. So stick with us. We'll get to those right after this. All right, we're back. And I got to start doing my little transfer portal tracker um, now that the new year is over and just to kind of see what's going on here. But really the big news right now, like you just mentioned, uh, Dylan Gabriel leaves. Caleb Williams is in the transfer portal. D- did he commit to USC yet? No, I mean, but there was, it's funny cause there's this, uh, the, the, there's a guy that does like really covers Georgia recruiting really well. And uh, he said, I'm not hearing anything about Georgia, just USC with Caleb Williams right now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it'd be, I'd be, I mean, he really liked Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley, you know, personally recruited him. I mean, I'd be, I'd be surprised to see Williams land. I mean, you never know. He might land somewhere else, but um, USC certainly, he has a chance to reunite with Riley. They certainly, other like, even with Dart there, like, there's just not, it's a pretty open QB competition. I'd be, I'd be shocked. It'd be, it would be really exciting to see him. I mean, he is still raw, right? Like he, he made some mistakes. He went out, he, I mean, I think everybody kind of 
played well against Texas this year, uh, which was kind of his breakout game. And, you know, there wasn't film on him and all that stuff. But um, him being able to go to USC would be a huge push because now you have Dart and Williams. And I like that, right? Because I think Dart, a lot of people are speaking very highly of him, but he played like a true freshman, <laughs> right? Like, Yeah, I mean, he's got some developing to do. Um, but I mean, like he might tran. I mean, that's the thing about college. He might transfer if Williams comes in. Yeah. Um, and beats him out, you know. Mm. And he should, right? Like, you know, if you're if you have that mystique, you know, because he almost had, had a similar story to Williams, right? He gets thrown into the fire in a game, and there's no yeah. tape on him. He's able, but he also threw some interceptions and was just kind of all over the place. So it'll be interesting to see if they they develop him. But I mean, Lincoln Riley's offensive system is pretty freaking exciting. So having either right. of those guys, I think is, is very interesting um, and encouraging for the PAC 12. I'm uh, you know, Arizona picked up three massive transfers, which is freaking, I mean, uh, it's amazing. Like a one in 11 team is scooping up four star linebackers from Michigan. They got like the all, uh, was it Matt? No, whack wide receiver, uh, all conference wide receiver. They go and get Hunter Eccles who wasn't great for USC, but he'll probably be good for Arizona. Um, right. You know, what, what other transfers have you seen pop that were interesting to you? No, I mean, they've got, I mean, I'm trying to think of anybody else has landed anybody big I and mean, we covered the bow next to Oregon. Um, and I, I'm trying to think if anybody else has landed anybody really big out there. I don't think anybody has. Yeah, I'm trying to um, look. Yeah, but the buffs ducks. been kind of quiet. I one one thing that if Oregon State doesn't bring in land a transfer quarterback, it's it's malpractice. It, it just absolutely. I mean, they have a great offensive line, a yeah. great offensive line coach. They have a, a yeah. solid offensive line, a great like. If you want to make a name for yourself as a quarterback, I think it's crazy that they haven't pulled in a quarterback and they have Chance Nolan out there right now. And and yeah. I understand, right, because uh, Tristan Jebbia is still on the bench and he was injured. But, man, bring somebody else in. you got to need some you – know, who knows if he's going to be injured again. And, frankly, I wasn't that big of a fan of him last year. Um, right. That's crazy, man. I'm, I'm just – I'm really worried about that. I really hope that they find somebody. And there's some good ones out there. Yeah, and, and you know, too, I mean, now if you're Oregon State, like, you're far better off. And we saw this with Arizona and, and Jordan McLeod you're better off if you can get him in, in the spring, right? Like you can get him up to speed on the offense. They're not trying to learn the offense in fall camp and compete, right? Like it's, that's hard to do. Um, and so, you know, if you're Oregon state, you know, or if you're somebody else, like it's, it, but it's, it's getting close to, I mean, now their spring semester, I think starts later. Um, so they may have an opportunity, but I mean, like that's the, I mean, there is a definite advantage if you're picking up a guy that's not for depth, if you can get him in now and get him through the spring. Um, so yeah, I mean, they, they really, I really do hope that they're able to get out there and land somebody. Um, yeah. I mean, we have, like, we haven't seen, I don't think Colorado's picked anybody up or uh, Cal or Stanford did pick up a three-star uh, or three-year starter, uh, Patrick Fields, the safety at Oklahoma. Grad transferred okay. to so that I thought that was good. You know, beefing up that yeah. secondary. Um, Terrell Bynum, like we just I think we mentioned this a little bit earlier, but the wide receiver from Washington goes to USC. I thought that was and interesting. We, we should expect USC to be pretty active in the transfer portal, right? Like they're oh, they're yeah. going to look to get some guys. Oh, absolutely. Um, that's that's kind of it. That that was what I saw 
and, and we'll keep an eye on this too. If we missed one, just let us know. I've been bookmarking these as they come through on Twitter, um, which tends to be the best source for this kind of stuff because it immediately pops up. So uh, we'll keep an eye on the transfer portal. But so like Rob, let's go from that to our Arizona postmortem. We've been going through teams and we're starting from the bottom up. So they'll, they'll get more progressively, you know, sunshiny. Um, this one for all of the kind of crap that we threw on Arizona taking a step back and taking a look at the direction the program is heading. I, I like, I'm actually, I'm not, I mean like what are our expectations, right? I, but I think Arizona can win like four games next year, <laughs> like going from one 11, right. one and 11, bringing in a, a, a really good recruiting class, bringing in transfers, but there are some holes here, you know, as we go through, oh, what, yeah. what are some concerns here? Cause I, I, I don't want to be like the, the, the folks that go in and just say, Hey, look at all this good stuff. Meanwhile, you know, we're dumping on Washington or ASU or like teams that should get to that next level. Like Arizona has to, to figure some things out first so they can get to that four win threshold. Yeah. I mean, so Arizona finished at 99 in beta rank. They were 102 on offense, 97 on defense, 117 on special teams. Oh my gosh. It's so bad. Um, special teams continue to be a problem, but the, you know, the offense, I, I thought one of the things that was sort of interesting was that they were, they were able to move the ball a bit. They just struggled to finish drives off. I mean, one twenty-five in drive efficiency. So, I mean, that was something that, um, you know, like you would often see them get onto the opponent's side of the field. And then as the field would shrink down, if they get the red zone, they would struggle to come away with points. Um, and that was a big problem, but I mean, the bright side, if you're looking at it is like some more consistency, um, offensively. I mean, the big, I mean, the big problem offensively was the offensive line and the receivers. I mean, actually it was, I mean, <laughs> other than the running backs that you kind of like, like actually the whole offense was a problem. Let's be frank, right? Like, <laughs> like the offensive line was pretty bad. That led to a rotating cast of characters at quarterback, right? Because of injuries. Um, I have no earthly idea what, and this is, I mean, this is like the Charlie Brewer decision or Mertz or, you know, like Anthony Brown at Oregon. I have no earthly idea what the staff was doing, picking Gunnar Cruz yeah, uh, and sticking with them as much as they did because he was awful Yeah, um, and didn't get better and actually regressed as the season went on. Um, McLeod was McLeod was an improvement, right? Like the offense, like McLeod was able to buy time with his legs because the wide receiver struggled to get open. Um, and McLeod was able to buy time with his legs with the kind of the offensive line and, and, and then find guys, right. And, and he could either run it himself or, um, you know, be able to move the ball to put up points. And you saw that, right? Like, I mean, if he hadn't had five, five interceptions against Oregon, <laughs> that's like saying a lot, if he hadn't turned the ball over five times, um, you know, like, but Arizona moved the ball up and down the field in that game. Um, and that, I mean, and, you know, and, and they're sitting right now, they've got Fafita coming in at quarterback. I mean, like they're uh, Arizona should be in the market for a transfer QB, right. In addition to what they have. Um, the problem is to, on that. And I totally agree with you, but their recruitment of a transfer quarterback is significantly hampered by the offensive line. I mean, we had, Right. Yeah. There was three. There was two. And actually, I mean, you can call Gunnar Cruz's injury a third one if you really want to. But two Arizona quarterbacks were like consistently hurt and injured back behind that I line. Mean, Will Plummer barely survived. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, no, I mean, that that is the big question. mark. I mean, because like the, the wide receiver core 
is suddenly pretty good. I mean, your pass catchers are suddenly pretty good. You're adding McMillan, one of the best wide receivers in the class. You're adding Burnett, one of the best tight ends in the class. Um, you know, and then you've got Bijan Wright, who the staff loves and raves about, who had to sit out this year because of transferring. Um, and then you've got Cow uh, Cowings, right? The new um, Cowing, the yeah. new uh, transfer in from UTEP. Thirteen hundred yards. I mean, yeah, yeah like and uh, you've got yeah. Singer, who played pretty well. You know, um, I mean, all of a sudden you're looking at the like the pass catchers, and you're like, oh, well, that works, right? Like, <laughs> like, like offensively, the pat, like they should have. There's a reason. You know, you saw so many wide receiver transfers out for Arizona, right? Like they were not looking to get much playing time, you know, even with Stanley Barry Hill moving on. Um, so that's a problem. I mean, that like there, but like the, I mean, that's improved. The running backs are still pretty good, I think. Um, you know, and I, I think Rocker, who's 17 years old, has a chance to be really, you know, pretty good. But they need, and I looked, there's not that many good offensive lineman in the portal and Arizona's not in on anybody that's in there. You know, they need offensive line help on the offense. I mean, that, that's like, I mean, I, like, I don't think that's crazy. I mean, I think the, the new wide receivers could help. They could potentially get open and not have to have a QB scrambling for their life, um, waiting for the wide receivers to get open. But I think the line would still be a problem. I think that's the biggest, I mean, that, that in first year coaching decisions, um, mm -hmm. I think are the biggest struggles. I mean, and we haven't even touched the defense, which is a, which was a disaster. I mean, I, it was better yeah. than it has been in the past. And I think they were hampered by a lack of offense. So it's kind of like that Colorado right. issue where there was actually some interesting players on the Colorado defense. It's just, they were on the field all of the time, all of the time. <laughs> it was kind of like, yeah. you know, it's kind of hard to play 70% of the game. If your offense can't get it going, um, particularly if they can't finish drives on third down. And I'm glad you mentioned that. Cause I do think that gets back to play calling. And there were multiple decisions that Jed Fish, who has been known as a, as a decent play caller, is one of the reasons why we were bullish about him coming to Arizona. Um, but I do think that there were a lot of lessons that he needs to learn in his first year as head coach calling plays while he's, you know, the actual head coach. Because, right, he technically has the co-offensive uh, coordinator position uh, tagged with uh, Brennan Carroll, but that's the offensive line coach. You know, like the passing plays – and I'm assuming most of the plays are likely called by fish oh, no, Fish is calling all the plays. Yeah. And there was just a lot of times where Arizona was really bad in the red zone and really bad on third down. And that comes down to creative yeah. play calling and Arizona didn't have it. So I'm, I'm just worried about that. Cause you're right. They were able to move the ball down the field. Um, but when they really needed to do something, it just seemed like the, the calling was either too creative or uncreative. Oh, no, too many gadget plays. So many gadget plays. <laughs> Jed Fish had so many gadgets, but like one of the things, I mean, I think one of the things that will really help is having Burnett and McMillan and Wright potentially there because those guys are all, I mean, those are big body guys that have, you know, that have great body control and can go up and get the ball and get you a catch. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's something that Arizona didn't have, you know, like none of, none of the guys that they really had on the team, 
you know, had that kind of thing. So, I mean, that, that, that will help. I mean, I think will particularly help in the red zone. Um, but I mean, to the point, I mean, like they still, the offensive line still has to get better and I still would. I mean, I, I think you're right on the, you know, bringing it, it is, I think there's also the worry on bringing in a transfer QB and they have been, I mean, they're in on Cameron Ward. I don't know how hard they're recruiting him, but they've given him an offer. Is that the, the incarnate word guy? Yeah. That okay. I mean, a lot of people really like, um, you know, I mean, he's got offers from Ole Miss. He did a visit there. Um, you know, that he, I mean, but like with Fafita, you know, because he was such a big part of recruiting McMillan, you know, I mean, Burnett was, Burnett is an Arizona uh, his dad played at Arizona, um, you know, but like, you know, you, you don't want to recruit over the guy, maybe, you know, like, I mean, you, you I get, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm interested to see how that shakes out because I mean, you, you definitely are going to have to put the best team you can out there to win. Um, but with the new like transfer world that we have, like, you don't really want the kid really mad. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, the flip of it is, is like, I mean, to talk about like the defense finished at 97, I mean, their real problem was this, I mean, like they're, they're, they, they were reasonably good at control. I mean, reasonably good at controlling explosive drives. They did a pretty good job of forcing some three and outs and turnovers. Problem was is they just gave up long drives. I mean, they just lacked consistency. I mean, 119 in drive efficiency, right? Like they did some things well, they were better against the pass than they were against the run. Um, and I think that's really, I mean, they're, they're supposed to be moving to this Seattle Seahawks style defense, um, which I'm interested to see, right? Because at least one of the defensive linemen in the Seahawks setup has to be able to play two gap. I don't know that Arizona's got anybody that can play two gap right now. Um, they keep, I mean, they definitely had sort of a rotating cast of characters, a linebacker. <laughs> transfers right um and and frankly like i mean in uh I, the linebackers and the safety still couldn't cover right i mean like arizona's problems again and again and again over the past couple of seasons have been in the mi- coverage in the middle of the field yeah uh, um and that's i mean they've already got one safety transfer in from ucla um you know, like they, they could certainly maybe even use another safety transfer. They've got two linebacker transfers in with Hunter. Uh, now Hunter Eccles may, they may look at as more of a pass rush specialist. So maybe he, um, you know, ends up not at linebacker for them. We'll see. Um, you know, but it's just, I mean, I guess like I'm sort of, I mean, the defense, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm sort of skeptical of where they've gone with Nansen from a play calling perspective. Um, but they've certainly like, I mean, their, their biggest need here is still players, you know, like yeah. they, they really need some guys to come in and, and, and contribute and play. And that's what, and that's the direction they went, right? Like I worry with you about like, can Nansen actually call plays and that could be yeah. a total disaster, but clearly fish has, has basically looked at his roster and said, I need actual guys to, that can do what we want them to do. <laughs> and right. we're not there yet. And you're right. Like the safety play was awful last year. And just listening to Michael Lev, who is excellent, um, and he, he he does some really good stuff when he kind of breaks down the X's and O's. Like he he basically thought said, look, the safeties, 
they weren't covering, but it wasn't because they weren't in the right spot. It was just because they're not, they couldn't get there. <laughs> they couldn't get to the spot yeah. they needed to because they weren't fast enough. So, which is so funny because in the past under Rich Rod, it was like all big hat, no cattle where you had all these safeties and, and players that were fast and stuff, but they just weren't coached well. And it just seems like right. those players have shuffled out of the system. And now you just have players that just aren't at the level that they need to be to compete even in the Pac-12. So, um, you know, I, I'm curious to see the line play, right? Because one of the biggest issues in the past was the defensive line. And Don Brown, I thought, did a really good job in his one year at Arizona, really push, or maybe it was two years because of the COVID year, but um, revamping the defense so that there there was pressure. And he whether he manufactured it or right. he recruited, I thought they did a good job pulling in transfers and, and developing the big guys along the line. Mojiallo so, really was a standout. I mean, for sure. Yeah, it's interesting to see if they can keep that going because they have brought in, I mean they have on paper, they had the Mac player of the year who was the grad transfer um and I think he's gone, but you had the Wisconsin guy who was a top 4 player or you know a four-star player at a high school. You have now this player Solomon that came in from Michigan that was a four-star player. You know, on paper they could be talented, but you don't really know until they're actually in the system playing. So there's some depth. Yeah. I don't know. Like, but you're right. We, we there needs to be more big guys in the center, and that's that's the going to be the problem with most teams that aren't USC, Oregon, Washington, right? Or like maybe Utah. Um, it's getting I those. Mean, there's guys like I mean, like I mean, really too. I mean, it's true. The guys are just gonna like they're gonna have to have some of the because they brought. It feels like they brought in everybody and their mother, right? Like you looked at how many you know defensive linemen they had either recruited or brought in from on transfer. And like, they had a ton of guys, they threw bodies at the problem last year. Um, and some of them kind of worked out. Um, I'm just in, like, I'm kind of interested to see who is anybody able to like continue to develop and potentially take a step forward. Um, cause I actually thought Hunley too, did a pretty good job. Um, I was a little concerned cause he was an alum and if we were getting an alum hire, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it, but he did, he did, a, he did a pretty good job. And so, I, I mean, I think that like, there's, there's, there's certainly a bunch of bodies there, you know, and that's, that's not saying much, right? Like is, but is there anybody that can get like anybody that can get them into sort of a decent spot? Is there anybody that they can bring in again, you know, looking on the transfer portal? Um, Cause it's like, I mean, last year it felt like they just like, they, I thought they took like four transfer linebackers last year and like this, they're already out and running and they've taken two. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and like I said, like Eccles may end up playing, you know, with his hand in the dirt. Um, but they really, I mean, they may need to get, you know, go out and try to find like another interior offensive lineman or defensive lineman. Um, you know, and there's not, you know, it's not that there's like, there's not a ton of them out there available, right? Like the defensive line and the offensive line players are getting snapped up pretty fast Yeah. Uh, out there. And so like, I'm, I'm interested to see if they're able to get anybody. And I mean, even like USC, like USC took that guy from TCU, um, you know, to try to add some depth. Like he wasn't that great at TCU. I mean, there's just not that many, there's just not that many players out there. Yeah. Um, you know, really transferring, you know, uh, um, amongst the big uglies. Like there's a lot more players available as the weight goes down. <laughs> I think the one thing that if like, if, if there's one thing that gives, that should give Arizona fans hope is the team, even though they were one and 11, they played hard every game. 
and yeah. they sucked, but they at least played hard, right? And uh, and if you go back and you take a look at, you know, where they, they were lucky to win one game, right? The, that Cal game, I think if Cal didn't have the COVID and they didn't have like a fifth string quarterback back there, they probably win that game too. But when you're taking a look at next year and the lack of progress and change that has happened with other Pac-12 programs, like just don't be surprised if Arizona is that obnoxious team that ends up they're only they're only three and ten or like three and nine at the end of the year or four and eight, but you're the team that goes to Tucson, sandwiched in between you know Oregon and USC, and they come out and they punch you in the mouth. Um, that that could happen next year, and I'm interested to see if that's the case because it's probably not good for the conference, right? You have a four and four and nine team, four and eight, like, you know, crushing the dreams of teams that are trying to get in the playoff, trying to get in the Rose bowl. But I think that's, that's what teams are going to have to contend with. And that's what I thought. People people like the scheme. I mean, people like what Jetfish is doing X and O wise, you know, it's like, he just doesn't have the players. He's starting to get some of the players, right? Um, now the D I mean, the defense, I mean, as we talk about the offensive line, like if they can add one or two linemen, you'd feel a lot better. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just, I mean, even if they have more bodies to throw at the problem to try to solve it, but I do feel like the defense is a concern again, too. I mean, I like what they have at the corners, um, with Roland Wallace and Rutherford. They, I mean, they definitely had their moments where they, they played poorly in the season, but I thought overall they played really well. I thought they were sort of the strength of the defense. Um, but I mean, they're, they're going to have to develop so, like the lot. Somebody's going to have to, again, step up, you know, with among all the transfer linebackers they're bringing in um, and the guys they brought in last year that are not moving on. And I think they've got a couple and like Malik Reed, the transfer from Wisconsin um, and some other guys like, so these guys have got to step up, you know, and, and figure it out. Um, but I do, I mean, fish is fish has been out there and he's been active. I mean, it's too, like we talk about this, like, and I, I mean, these freshmen, may not come in and contribute immediately. Um, but Arizona was like the only program that took advantage of all the chaos in West coast recruiting, at least the PAC 12, like, I mean, a bunch of other programs like Texas A&M and Michigan and everybody else came in and Ohio state signed a bunch of good players on the West coast, but Arizona got a really good cornerback that was committed to, you know, USC and, and, and price They got Sterling lane, the, you know, a four-star, um, you know, linebacker, you know, edge rusher, um, you know, as well. I mean, they got some good players potentially coming in on the defensive side of the ball too. Um, you know, and, and I'm interested to see, cause some of these guys might be there for spring. Um, you know, if anybody's able to potentially come in and, and, and compete, but I mean, I wouldn't, I would not be at all surprised if Arizona didn't have, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, you know, one of these guys coming in and starting to. Yeah. Oh, I, I absolutely think that that might be the case. But well, I mean, like that's the thing if you're Arizona, like, I mean, UCLA might be beatable next. Well, <laughs> I don't know if you just saw this, but UCLA is now in the hunt for Caleb Williams after mutual interest has been declared by both sides. So that would be interesting, right? Like said that? That, that's been, that just got leaked, like we're, uh, reported uh B, the Bruin report online which I think is the 247 site. Huh. Yeah. That makes sense, I mean, right? I'd be I'd be shocked. I mean, I'd be like that would be that would be the most amazing story ever. Like <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> UCLA and Oklahoma swap quarterbacks so that Caleb Williams can go get revenge against Lincoln Riley. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like that would be something. Um, you know, but I mean, like in Colorado, you know, if you're Arizona, like, I mean, like if you're Arizona, I don't think Arizona should have overwhelming hope for next season. Like, I think you're really going to have to see it. And they certainly have a brutal non-conference schedule again. Um, but, you know, like there's certainly you should certainly feel you should certainly feel some, you know, like the Arizona is one of the teams in the Pac-12 that should certainly feel some positives. And there are a lot of teams around the bottom of the Pac-12 that just don't. I mean, that's the bummer, right? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, I wish Arizona was playing Stanford next year. Yeah. Well, like to, to sum it up there, there was a really good headline in the Tucson star. And I remember this from gosh, cause I was there when Makovich was the quarterback and he, or the, the head coach Makovich gets fired. Stoops comes in and the headline, you know, and Arizona had lost by like 15 or 14 or something like that to whoever. And the headline was competitive again, right? And like, that's, that's kind of what yeah. you want. If you're an Arizona fan, like don't expect a lot of wins, but if they're just competitive, great. You know, they, like that's kind of the standard right now that I think fish needs to hit and he's put it and together. That, that's, yeah. I know that's what the conference needs, right? Like what we just talked about, like not having six teams below 65, right? Yeah. Like Arizona has been consistently down there you know, since the tail end of the rich rod years, cause rich rod bottomed out the roster, you know, like they got, I mean, Arizona has got to, got to be one of those programs that gets Cause like Arizona for all the digs at Arizona, right? Like they're, they're right near Phoenix, you know, I mean, Tucson itself has produced some pretty good football players that are, you know, playing at Texas and Ohio state, <laughs> you know, right now, um, you know, they got, I mean, Arizona has got to get out there. Um, and, 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 you know, really try to carry their weight a little bit in the conference. Right. Cause like the TV contracts coming up, like you gotta, have, in, you know, Arizona, Arizona state, Washington, Oregon, USC. I mean, like the barrier schools aren't going to carry a lot of weight with the TV, but you know, like the, the schools that are in relatively decent sized media markets, you know, Tucson's a million people. It's an hour and a half from Phoenix, you know, and they've got a major alumni base in, in, you know, Southern California, you know, UCLA has to, I mean, these teams got to start playing, you know, carrying their weight and playing better because ESPN will still pay decent money to have Arizona play UCLA at 10 o'clock at night on the East coast. Like you gotta, like you gotta carry your weight so that ESPN has to chip in for that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least they're making changes. We'll see if they're actually, yeah. you know, bear fruit, but the, there are some pieces there. So, you know, we're just kind of like, I'll, I'll think of all the things I said about Colorado minus some of the talent on the Colorado defensive uh, front and like basically transfer that to Arizona in this coming year. Right, because we thought we thought Colorado would come up and bite a couple of people. They had some interesting pieces. Then, of course, the quarterback injury, and then just the disaster on offense. But I think a lot of that optimism can be baked into what Arizona does this season, and we'll just have to see if they continue. Um, what program do you want to do next week, Rob? Oh, geez, uh, God, some of the. I mean, like it's weird because like Arizona has a little bit of sunshine, and there's definitely some programs that don't. Uh, let's do. Let's, let's do Oregon State. Okay. Yeah, that, that'll be a fun one because, you know, a, a 500 yeah. team and a lot yeah. of bright things to highlight and more some things that we just want to – we would like to see some improvement on to to really get them 
to where they, I think they can be. So yeah, that sounds good. Um, all right. Well, thanks for coming on, Rob. Everybody, thanks for joining us. We apologize about last week, but you know, it was Christmas and New Year's and stuff. So um, we uh, we ended up taking a week off, but excited to continue to go through the off season and we will catch everybody next week.